0: You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. It's so good to see you today. And, well, today I want to continue our series that we began talking about uh, in, in, the, in Acts. But before I do that, I want to remind you that we started off this year, 2018, and we said this. It's coming up on the screen. Let's read it together. you ready? To come on. 2018 is my time to act. Okay, what does that stand for? Apply, change, and teach. And so, again, I've asked you to read the book of Acts with me this month uh, and again, you can listen to it on version as well if you like, but, but read that. And we're talking, the reason is we're talking about the book of Acts is all about the Holy Spirit working in, in people's lives and also working and the, the acts of the Spirit and then acts of the apostles as well. Uh, so it's just wonderful. I want you to read it uh, with me. So read that this month. I want to talk to you today again about how to walk in the Spirit. How to walk in the Spirit. I, I, I really, as I, as I talked to you last week about being filled with the Spirit, I really thought, okay, well, we need to just go back and see what Jesus has to say about this issue. So, so today I want to tell you that, listen, I want to teach you, but it really not. it's not my teaching, it's Jesus' teaching, okay? So I don't want you to get the J's messed up. It's not Jeff, it's Jesus, all right? And so what I want to teach you today, and here's what I want to tell you. When I teach you this, it has the power to transform your life. What I'm teaching you has a power to transform your life, to change your life in a dramatic way. So I hope that you will tune in. All right. So we're diving in, and, and look what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Again, in John chapter uh, 3, it says this. John chapter 3, verse 4, it says this. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. So this guy's coming to ask Jesus. So he said, Okay, Jesus said, You've got to be born again. And this guy, who's a religious person, said, How can a person be born again? And so he goes on and says, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. But look what Jesus' answer is. I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, unless he is born of water, and why? Okay, so let me just tell you this. What does it mean to be born of water? That means that while you were in your mother's stomach, okay, you had all this water around you, and, and so, okay, you can just do the research from that point on to find out how that works, all right? So that's the Water. He was born of water. Then he said of spirit. In order to go to heaven, in order to have God in it, you've got to be born of spirit as well. Watch this. So flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be what? Born again. Okay. Who said that? Who said that? There you go. Jesus, not Jeff. All right. Here we go. Now watch this. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Okay, so Jesus explains God's Spirit this way. He says it's like the wind. All right, so I have this fan right here. I'm going to turn it around. I have this fan right here, and you see these tassels? They're not moving. There's nothing happening there. But watch this. When I turn the fan on... All of a sudden, those, these pieces of paper are moving. What's causing this paper to move? Okay, there's three of you. What's causing this paper to move? The wind. That's right. The wind is causing it, right? And this is what Jesus was saying, that God's spirit is percival, it is powerful, but it is invisible. Just like this wind, you know, if I ask you what this wind looks like, you can't tell me what the wind looks like. You can only tell me what the effects of the wind is happening, right? You, are you tracking with me? So, so what, what is making this happen is invisible. Would you agree with that? What's making it, so there's something happening in here that we cannot see that's making this paper move. And so the Bible says that the same way in your life and in my life, when we receive Jesus as the Savior of our life, the Holy Spirit begins to work inside of us, And a change begins to happen inside of us. And this is what I want to tell you. Watch this. The Bible says, let me go to the next verse before I share this with you. Galatians 5.16 says this. I say then, let's read these next four words. You ready? Come on. Walk Walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the what? Okay, so here we go. You and I have to have this... Spiritual dynamic, what we cannot see happening in our lives, we've got to have that. If we don't have God working in our lives, we will do what our flesh wants to do. Let me tell you something. And every, the majority of things that your flesh wants to do that God says not to do will cause you harm. You realize that the reason that the Bible was given to us, the, the reason it was given to us for this reason, not to tell us what was wrong so that God could say, oh, I got you, I got you. No, no, no. Because everything that the Bible says is sin brings harm to us. God tells us what sin, not because he's he's mean or bad, but because it harms us. Okay, here's one. Watch this. Oh, watch this. You can never be the person that you were created to be without God's Holy Spirit. You can never be that. You will be incomplete. Let me tell you something. How many of you? Let me just ask this question. How many of you sitting right here would say to me today, say with me today that, you know, when I gave my life to Christ, something changed inside of me. Anybody besides me? Okay, yes. All right, great. There's a lot of us. And here's the deal like, like there's, you know, there's some people in this room that, you know, some of you had addictions and so forth that God helped you with, and some of you were like financially, you was messed up. There's all kinds of things that was going on in our lives. But when Jesus came in our life, and the Holy Spirit began to change us, that, that, that supernatural, that, that thing that we can't explain began to happen inside of us, all of a sudden we had a change, right? And guess what? Many of you that I know are super wonderful, nice people. You're just nice people. But you know what? Some people say, well, you didn't know them when I knowed them. I know them. Okay, that was horrible grammar, but you got the point, right? You didn't know them when I know them. You didn't know them that way. You know, I meet, some, and I meet some guy and says, man, you know, God has saved me. And maybe the wife said, yeah, I said, thank God he saved him, you know. Because, listen, we were messed up, right? And so what I'm telling you, you would never, ever be the person that you want to be or God created you to be without the Holy Spirit at work in your life. It takes that supernatural, what you cannot see, doing for you what you cannot do for yourself. Are you tracking with me? All right, so you need him. All right, so here we go. Let's talk about this. Here we go. I want to talk to you about three things today as to how to walk in the Spirit. Not that you just ought to, but how to. Here we go. Number one is this. It's allow the Holy Spirit to be your daily counselor. Would you write that down? Daily counselor. I want you to write it down, then I got somebody important that wants to talk to you, all right? You ready? Here we go. John 14. Let's read those first two words. Here he is. You ready? Let's read them. You ready? Jesus said. Let's say those again. You ready? Jesus said. All right, now, I've got your attention because we got Jeff out of this. This ain't Jeff. This is Jesus. All right? got to listen to Jesus. Here we go. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another what? Counselor, okay? A counselor to be with you forever. Now, notice these next four words. Let's read them out loud. You ready? The spirit of truth. Notice that. He said, I'm going to send you a counselor, someone to be with you all the time, that's going to give you counsel, and he's going to always tell you the truth. How about that? Now, not everybody you know will tell you the truth. Did you hear me? Listen, there's some times that I can't tell you the truth. You say, what do you mean? Well, there's some times that, you know, there might be something going on in your life that you're not ready to hear. And if I tell you, you get mad at me. And you say, I ain't going back to that church. Heck no, I ain't going back there. That pastor, he... He just got in my face. See, I can't do what the Holy Spirit can do. Because he gets close to you. He'll get up under your makeup. (laughs) Okay, that's close, isn't it? See what I'm talking about? He gets close to you. So he can say things that I can't say to you, that your spouse can't say to you, because of the Spirit of Truth. Now, why did Jesus say, I'm going to send him? Because Jesus in the flesh couldn't be everywhere at one time. He says, so i got to go back to the Father. I'm going to send the Spirit. And right now, the Holy Spirit's in this room right now, but also He's in China too. It's amazing. because God's Spirit can be everywhere, all right? So here we go. He goes on to say this. The world cannot accept Him. All right, now let's read why the world can't, can't get Jesus. Remember, okay, this is what the world can't get. Watch this. They can't get this part. They can't get, they can't get what's making this happen. They can't get what's happening in you, all right? So let's go. Here we go. Look what it says. So... He says this, the world cannot accept him. Let's read this together. What's online, You ready? Because it neither sees him nor. All right. But you know him. You know him. Let's read what's on the line. You ready? For he lives with you and will be. Okay, here it is. Let me explain this phenomenon to you. Here it is. What is the spirit of God? Are you ready? Because I'm going to take the mystery out of this. The spirit of God is the nature of God. All right. Some of you I know, I've known a long time, all right? I've, I've known you before you had children, and then I've known you after you had children. I know, I know your children. I've watched them grow up. That's what I love about being here 23 years. I've got to see some of your kids grow up. Now I'm seeing some of you have grandkids. I'm like, dang, I'm getting old. But, but here's what I notice. I see you, and I know you, and I, I know, you know, I see, your, I see the way you, your actions, your attitudes. And when you're not around, I see your kids, and guess what? I say their nature just like their daddy. Their nature just like their mama. I mean, I can just see it in and most of it's good, okay? I want to say that. It's good, all right? But I say I can just see the nature of you and your children. And you know, it's just like that's who that you can tell. They were raised in your home, and they can just tell that. And we become followers of Jesus Christ when the Holy Spirit comes in us. His whole goal is to give us the nature of our Heavenly Father. You see what I'm talking about? The rest of your, once you receive Christ, the rest of your life is becoming more like Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is like God. So the nature of God, the Holy Spirit, is filling us with God's nature. All right. Okay. So also the Holy Spirit is like a still small voice or a God-given conscience. Let me explain it to you this way. How many of you ever watch like uh, the news reports, you know, like this thing? We're having storms, you know. Because that's what our, our, our area goes crazy over. Like, they'll do news all night over a storm, right? And I'm, I'm glad for that. But they'll be out there, you know, say, uh, an anchor will be reporting on the storm. Says, okay, well, we had wind damage up here, you know, in Cherokee County. And, and you know, down, down in Henry County, you know, there's a storm cell coming through. And they'll go, oh, hold on just a minute. Hold on. They're telling me something here. Okay. Oh, it's coming through Clayton County right now. You ever seen the news anchors do that? You ever seen that? Okay, there's two of you. Here, ever seen that? Okay, yes, sir. Thank you. And so they got the little earpiece in it, and here's what's happening. Someone's speaking in their ear through that little earpiece, right? The job of the Holy Spirit is to do this, is to always be speaking in your ear. Always. Letting you know, what you're, you know what's good to do and also what's not good to do. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you, because here's the problem that we have. Sometimes I have a difficulty distinguishing between what's the Holy Spirit's voice and what's my voice. Here's why. Because that internal voice sounds like my voice. Are are you tracking with me? Like that internal voice, it sounds like my voice. Okay, watch this. How do I know when it's God speaking to me or it's just me talking to myself? Here's the way I know. Whenever God is speaking to me, guess what? Whenever he's telling me to do something... And if it's, you know, if it's for somebody else and it's helping somebody else and it's all about benefiting somebody else, usually that's the voice of God. But when it's all about, when, he, when all of a sudden I hear this voice that says, you know what, you know what, you've done all this for Rhonda, she ain't done nothing for you. Matter of fact, don't you get off this couch and help her do nothing. She, she needs to serve you more. That is not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that is the unholy spirit. Hello? So you see, what, you see what I'm talking about? Because it sounds the same, right? Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Many times, like, I don't know if it's the Holy Spirit on me, but if it benefits somebody else, and I go ahead and do it whether it, was, whether it was God or not, and it was good, it's good, right? I mean, it's just good. Like my father um, shared with me about a month or so ago, there was a, a, a lady in his community that, that they're very close to, my, my stepmother's close to, and uh, her husband had been in the hospital a couple of weeks. And, and my dad said, you know, he, he just felt like he should, you know, give him some money because she was having to travel back and forth to the hospital. So he gave him some money. And then some weeks passed by and, and he was still in the hospital. So my father and stepmother said, they need to go visit him in the hospital. And these were unchurched people. And so my dad, of course, he's got his cane. He can't walk a long distance, but he goes to the hospital room. He says, Jeff, while I'm sitting there, he says, I had a hundred dollars in my pocket. I'm like, I was shocked. My dad had $100 in his pocket. And don't that stink anyways? I mean, like when we were kids, you know what? Your, your parents, they didn't give you nothing, did they? Huh. But you let them grandkids walk up, right? My, grand, my kids walk up around my parents now. My kids are grown. They're still say, here, here's $20. The heck no, that's my $20. Give me nothing. That's my 20 You, That belongs to me. Giving all my money. But anyway, dad gives her that money. He said, I sit down beside her, and I just gave her the money. I left. He said, you know what, Jeff? said, I can't say God told me to do that. He said, but I felt like I should do that. And here's what my dad said. You know what? He said, Jeff, isn't it amazing? He said, God shouldn't have to keep telling us what to do all the time. See what I'm talking about? Like you, it's a, as a child, you know, you don't want to keep having to tell your child, do the same thing over and over, right? Eventually, it should learn what to do without having, having to be told, right? And so, so dad, dad said, you know, God didn't tell me to do that. I know I should do that, and God, you know, I did it. And you know what happened? That lady who, was a, who had been wanting to quit smoking, she'd been smoking for 50 years. She wanted to quit smoking. And she had shared this with my stepmother. She said, you know what, after your husband gave me that money, she said, I went out on my back deck and I was light, lit up a cigarette. And she said, you know, I said, she said, I said, God, Tommy don't have a lot of money, but he gave me what he had. And I shouldn't be buying cigarettes with money like that. And so, God, I don't want to ever smoke another one. Put that cigarette out. It's been over a month and she has not smoked another one. Smoked another one. You know what I'm talking about? Is that God uses that. And, and, and I'm just saying, look, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And, and we've given you these cards right here, these Easter invite cards. I want you to take them with you and listen to the Holy Spirit as to who He wants you to give them to. I mean, give them out, share them with somebody uh, and give them out, all right? So I have the, on the, your connection card, it says this. It says, I will do my best to listen to the Holy Spirit and give my invite card for Easter. I got a, I got a text message from one of my neighbors last week who said... Jeff, thank you for inviting me to church. My life's been changed. Why don't you listen to the Holy Spirit and be a change agent for somebody else? Okay, number two, would you write this down? Number two, how do we walk in the Spirit? Number two is listen to the Holy Spirit's conviction. Conviction. Now again, John 16, it says this. Look what it says. All right, let's read those first two words out loud. You ready? Come on, let's read them out loud. You ready? Jesus said, not Jeff, don't get the J's confused. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, it is is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the who? Okay, he's talking about the Holy Spirit again, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now look at the next verse. And when he comes, he will what? convict the world of of sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Okay, let me talk to you just a second. That word convict, that could be a very uh, you know, if you're not from in church, man, that could be a hard word because you could think a convict, okay? Man, I'm going to jail. No, 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 it's not that at all. The word conviction simply means this is that God when you and I start to do something wrong, remember the voice of the Holy Spirit, his job is is to let us know what's right and wrong. Let us know. When we're about to step over the line and do something, why? Because when you step over the line and do something wrong against God, it hurts you. It doesn't hurt God, it hurts you. And so that's when your heart starts pounding a little bit. You know, everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, Anybody in here about ever stepped over the line besides me? You bunch of liars. Something. <laughs> I gave you a chance to tell the truth right there and you didn't do it. Every one of you know that. You know that. If you're living, you've been tempted and we will be tempted. So anyways... So, okay, all these angels I got in a room with me, that's what i just, i I preached to angels every week. I'm the only sinner here. Gee, Louise. So what I want to tell you, that's his job is to say, and so when, listen, watch this, when the Holy Spirit convicts you, you feel disappointed that you let God down. Okay, are you tracking with me? Are you, you see what I'm saying? When you do something wrong, every one of us, we like, man, I feel bad about that. The purpose of conviction is this. It's to when you, you feel disappointed, you let God down, but it's to turn you around and go back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. It's to say, oh, yes, you did wrong, but it's to turn you toward God. Now, here, watch this one. What most of you have in this room right now that I hope to God I prayed for you this week to set you free from is most of you have condemnation. You know what condemnation is? He said, after you said, God, you know, you felt bad for what you did, and you said, God, I'm sorry, but yet you still keep hanging your head, you still think that God's mad at you, and every time that you try to, try to go to church, the devil says, oh, remember what you did. Oh, remember what you did. You see what I'm talking about? I've got a word from God for you today. Look what it says. Look what the Bible says. Here we go. Romans 8 and 1, it says this. There is therefore now no what? Condemnation for those who are in who? Christ Jesus, look at the next verse. Uh, Romans 8 and 2. The who? The Holy Spirit will give you life that comes from Christ Jesus. And let's read what's on the line. You ready? Will set you free from sin and death. Will set you free. Watch this. Here's what I will tell you. The devil uses condemnation to make you run from God. And the Holy Spirit uses conviction to get you to run to God. So here's how you know the difference. If you're being being convicted or you're being condemned, here's how you know. If you feel like after you feel bad about that, that you need to ask God to forgive you, that is conviction. And guess what? You ask God to forgive you and you're good with God. But if you feel feel bad about what you did and you feel ashamed that you don't want to talk to God about it, you know, you want to run from God and and you just cannot face God anymore, you don't want to do anything spiritual because you're ashamed of that, that is condemnation. Here's what I want to tell you. Listen, I've got a word. God has told me to tell you something. Okay, if I could stand, every, if I could stand in front of every one of you individually, here's, a, here's what God told me to tell you. God has asked me to ask you to please quit telling him about stuff that you've already asked him to forgive you for. Did you hear that? Some of you keep going back to God, oh, God, I'm so sorry when I did this, and you did it five years ago, and you've already asked him 50,000 times to forgive you, and God has asked me to tell you that he heard you the first time, and he don't remember what you're talking about. Every time you start talking about that, he had no memory of it. He don't believe, he don't know what's going on, because he was washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and he doesn't see it anymore. Amen. I don't know how that makes you feel, but it makes me feel good, because sometimes I'm riding down the road, minding my own business, and all of a sudden that thought comes to my mind, what I did years ago, and I feel low, and I feel like a scum, and the devil says, you call yourself a Christian. You even call yourself a pastor, you know? How could you have done this and call yourself that? But you know what? Then I'm reminded of who God is, and I say, oh no, God did not even know what you're talking about, devil, because he washed that in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's not on my record anymore. I am clean. I'm sorry, but I am clean. Oh, no. You're not holding me down anymore. You're not pushing me down. Heck, no. Uh Uh-uh. Devil, matter of fact, you're the one going to hell. You better get out of my face. You can go straight to hell. You go go straight there because you ain't dealing with you. I ain't fooling with you anymore. You see what I'm talking about? And so when you get that, Man, you get freedom. And when somebody else comes up and starts talking to you about something you did a long time ago, listen, if you've already apologized for it, let me me say this. i got to say this and move on. You see, some of you have done things in your life, like I have, that have consequences. So you ask God to forgive you, right? But you're still dealing with the consequences. Let me just tell you something. Either When you ask God to forgive you, He'll help you with the consequences. Did you hear that? Like, I mean, he will help you. You say, God, I I did wrong. I caused this myself. Nobody did this but me. I did it. I, I disobeyed you. I did it, God. I was wrong. But Lord, I'm sorry for it. You know my heart that I'm sorry. And I repented of it. But God, I've got these consequences. And I ask you, Lord, just to help me with it. And you know what happens when God begins to help you with it and you begin to get better and you get over, people begin to see your life and they say, what happened to you? You know, I saw you down here. Well, because my God is a forgiving God and my God is a powerful God and my God is a personal God. He raised me up. Amen. Oh, shoot. I'm preaching better than you're Amen. Let me tell you this. You know what? When I got, when I became a Christ follower, when I asked Jesus to save me, when my conviction happened, my conviction did not happen in church. I can tell you, you know, I was, listen, and I was one of those, when I was one of those teenagers that you wouldn't have liked, I got a lot, a lot of stuff in my past that you don't even know about and you don't need to know about. My wife didn't know about it. You know, Nobody needs to know why it's under the blood of Jesus. And so I was one of those people that, you know, he's like, whoa, here he comes, whoa, here he comes. Oh, boy, I wish I could do some of that child, you know. he's. I was standing in my grandmother's yard when I was 15 years old, and we were playing yard darts. Anybody remember that game? Like, what were people thinking when they put a big dart on the end of a thing and say, throw it, okay? Bunch of kids, go play that. Like murder, you know, killing somebody. And we were so stupid, okay, we were so stupid that we'd get out there with my cousins and we'd take them and throw them up in the air like that and then run. (laughs) I'm stupid, you know, I mean, that's what we did, you know. What I want to tell you is this. I was standing there and I was playing yard darts, and right there the Holy Spirit convicted me of my sin. He did and he did in two seconds what my daddy's belt couldn't do. <laughs> what the principal's office couldn't do. What the law enforcement could not do. The Holy Spirit did in about two seconds. He convicted me. Right there. In those yard, playing those yard darts, I made a decision. Okay, God, you got me. Then my, then my parents, you know, my dad went to church. So we went to church on Sunday night back then. And, and I remember sitting in that church service, you know, because I was going to go down to the front and the preacher would not shut up. I'm like, man, if you would just shut up, I'll get saved. You know, I, I come in the door, ready to get saved. Just shut up and I'll get saved. But he just kept on, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear anything. He said, like, Lord, would you please let me shut up? I need to go get saved. And I, so surely enough, after he said amen, I know he thought it was his sermon. Went, it was great sermon. It wasn't his great sermon. God already got me a long time back in that yard, you know, hours ago. And so I walked down to the front and I knelt down and I prayed and asked God to come in my life. And I took the next step and got baptized. So what I'm telling you is this, that some of you walked in this building today. It's not my great sermon. It started sometime this week. Or last month that God's been convicting you. And today's the day that you're going to cross the line. And here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not going to make you walk from the back of the church to the front. What I'm going to ask you to do is I'm going to ask you, there's a prayer inside of your program called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I'm going to ask you to read that and you say, God, this is me. And then I'm going to ask you to check it on the back of this connection card. Do you pray the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you? I'm going to ask you to do that. And God's going to change your life. He's going to mess you up in a good way. Amen, everybody. Amen. Let's just give God a hand for those that are getting saved right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. <clears throat> okay, number three. Number three. How to, how to walk in the Spirit. So we say He's our counselor, He's our convictor, and then now He's our comfort. He's our comfort. Would you write that down? Receive the Holy Spirit's comfort. John 8 and 15, it says this. Okay, there's those two words again. Who said this? Jesus said. That's right. Okay, look what he said. Let's read what's online. You ready? When the who? When the comforter is come. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Whom I will send unto you from the Father. Now let's read what's on the line. You ready? The Spirit of truth, which comes from the Father, he shall testify of me. And what I want to tell you this is this. Listen. He said the comforter. Why did he say that? Look, everybody look at me just a second. Okay, everybody. I want to look you right in the eye. Something's going to happen in your life that's going to break you. Something. Maybe it's already happened or it's going, it's going to happen. I was meeting with a pastor this week of a church of about five to 6,000. And he said, you know, I said, man, what, what, is, you know, what do you attribute to what God has done through your life? He said, I'll tell you, what. one of the things is that I was in front of my, my church and I was sharing a message on a Sunday and I had a nervous breakdown right there in front of everybody. He said they had to carry me off the stage. He said it was that brokenness that got me to begin to rely on God more than I ever had before. God uses broken people. So I'm telling you that, listen, when that happens, listen, a positive attitude is good, but it won't help you. A self-help book is good, but it won't help you. You've got to have the comforting power of the Holy Spirit. You've got to have someone that can get inside of you and, and reach in and, and, and do something inside of you that you cannot do for yourself. You've got to have a power that's greater than you that you can't see. It's called the Holy Spirit. Now look at the next verse. Second Corinthians 1 says this, God is our what? Don't you love that? He ain't out to get you. He's out to help you. God is our merciful Father and the source of all what? Look what he says. He comforts us. What's the next two words? In all. In all. That means the things that you screwed up too. He didn't just comfort you in the bad things that other people do to you or bad things that happen. Even in your, in your bad decisions, he still comforts you. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. Now notice this. When they are troubled we will be able to give them the same what? Comfort. Who gave us? God has given us. Here's what I'm going to tell you. I want to ask you this question. What do you need to be comforted in right now? The next question I want to ask you is who do you need to comfort? Because, see, some of you are going through some stuff right now that you've got to have the Holy Spirit to give you comfort because, let me tell you something, if There's been things that's happened in my life that nobody else could understand. Rhonda could not understand them. She couldn't get where I was coming from. Only the Spirit of God could help me. And sometimes that's the way it is with you. Nobody knows your pain. Nobody knows your hurt like the the Holy Spirit of God. And when you have that pain and you get through it, God says use that same comfort. In other words, that pain that you had that hurts you so bad Use that pain to help somebody else, and you give them God's comfort. Let me just tell you, about four months ago, I share with, or about nine months ago, I share with you that my brother, my younger brother, my little brother. He's six foot two, two hundred fifty pounds. He's my little brother. I remind him of that all the time. You're my little brother. So I call him. I say, "Hey, little brother." He says, "Hey, big brother." He just humors me that way. But nine months ago, we found out he had pancreatic cancer, stage four. Everybody said he'll be dead in six months. But my brother's chosen another road. You know what? He's chosen that he would let the Holy Spirit comfort him every day. He says, Jeff, every day I get up and say, God, you give me this day. And for nine months, he hasn't missed one day of work because of that. He's missed work because he had to have some tests done. He's not laying in a hospital bed. He's not laying in a bed in his room, you know, waiting to die. Every day he goes to work. He's still got a full head of hair, and I'm still ticked off about that. Here, he's healthy as he can be. Why? Because every day he gets up and says, God, I need your comfort. Lord, i got to have you, the comforter, with me. I can't make it a day without you. You have to give me the strength today, Lord. You're my comfort. And listen, he says, God, you got to touch my mind because I'll think about this cancer all the time. But God, you've got to be my comfort. And guess what? God has been his comfort. I called him. I called him Friday. said, TJ, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing good. How are you? Because God is comforting me. You know what well, that's good for him. But it doesn't do me so good sometimes because I'm his big brother. And big brothers are supposed to be able to fix things, aren't they? And I can't fix them. I pray for him every day. Sometimes it weighs on me as so like, what could I do to help him?
1: There's a lady in
0: our church who comes in every Thursday. She's part of our impact team here she comes in and these, these programs that you have every week she prints them up every week for you she's volunteers every week she prints them her name is Shante Russell Shantae had pancreatic cancer stage 4 and she's a survivor it's been about 4 years ago every Thursday when she comes in she looks for me and I look for her and she says where's my pastor at I say here I am I find her here I am She said, Pastor, I want you to know, God's going to take care of you, brother. I want you to know that Pastor, now, this is probably what he's going through right now. So you didn't, but he's going to be all right because I was all right. God took care of me. He's going to take care of you. She used her pain to comfort me. Here's what I want to ask you. You see what makes us what makes our church why don't we're a spirit-filled church. Why don't we walk in the spirit? You know why? Because God has called us, you. Okay, SEC, I'm talking about you. You, I'm talking about you. If you're here, I'm talking about you. SEC, you know what God's called us to do? It's to walk in the spirit. You know why? Because we don't hide our jump, do we? We ain't ashamed to say, you know what? My wife and I, we were, we almost broke up, but but God saved us. We went to counseling and God used that to save our marriage. We ain't afraid to say that. You say, oh, well, they feel bad. I don't care if they feel bad. Make, make fun of me. Whatever you want to do. But all I know is God has freed us. Hallelujah. Some people in this church say, you know what? We were broke. By we were broke. You know, we almost, we lost our home. We lost our car. We were broke. We, were, we, we didn't know what to do. But, but we went through financial peace, and, and God used that. And, and he, he raised us up again. And now we're back on our feet on our way. We don't hide our our past and our pain. We use our pain for God's glory. Amen. So listen. So when you walk around here, you know what? And you think you're the only one. Oh, you just hang around. You just hang around. Somebody, you hear somebody say, Oh, shoot, man. This was jacked up this way in my life. But God did this. Would you stand with me right now? God's here to comfort you today. He's here to comfort you. And my question to you is that will you allow him to comfort you? Will you, will you right now, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what pain you have. You know, some of you are in it. I know you're, in it. you're hurting today. And God is here. The Holy Spirit is here to, to bring comfort to you. Some of you need guidance today. He's here to counsel you. Some of you have been convicted today. And you're here to repent because you're turning toward God. So today, my, my prayer for you is that you would just open up to the Holy Spirit. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus. We open our lives up to you, Holy Spirit. And we say, Lord, flood our souls, God. Lord, right now, convict us, O Lord. Counsel us, O God. Comfort us, O God, right now by the power of your Spirit, O Lord. And there's people in this room right now, God, that need the comfort of you. And, Lord, there's people in this room that have been, that have been hiding what they've been through. But, God, you want to release them now to begin to share that, to help other people, to comfort them. So I pray in Jesus' name.